0: I'm Nick I mean, for those of you right, yes. that don't know me. Um, Chris and I are some of the elders in the church. But before, um, this is a big week, and I hate to steal your thunder on this, but this is the six-year anniversary of this church. And so we just wanted to take a second to honor um, the Spencer family and the Hawkins family for their incredible sacrifice they made to like leave their hometown and move here and start this church and um, the incredible dedication they showed to this church. And so um, I shouldn't take too much credit because I'm not the one that planned this. But we do have um, something to say—a little small token of gratitude for both families. So um, gift cards for a night out, and then we don't have the actual bushes today. Um, but um, somebody—I know, yeah. So somebody um, that knows you guys love for uh, gardening and growing things. Um, We'll be delivering some beautiful rose bushes that you guys can plant at your houses to commemorate um, what you guys have planted here. Um, And so we're just thrilled to have you. I hope that you know how much you guys mean to this church and how we we're not here without you. Um, And our families are not the same and our lives are not the same without you. So um, I think Andrew is going to pray over you guys. And um, yeah, just incredibly grateful. Love you guys and can't imagine life without you.
1: If you guys would just pray over our leaders here. Um, Let's just bow our heads and enter in. Jesus, um, God, I thank you for this body. Lord, I thank you for the Spencer family and the Hawkins family and the way that that they display your love, um, your leadership, your guidance, your wisdom, your faithfulness, loyalty. I, I could go on and on and on and on and on about the character that they display to this body, to this city, to their kids, their family, um, so Lord, we raise their hands and we we thank you that you fight on their behalf, and that the victory is theirs, and that this place that that they would just take a second and breathe and see the fruit of their labors, and God, I thank you that you're faithful to show them that, um, Lord. This morning, uh, the two the two words, yeah, Spencers and Hawkins, the two words that I felt like God was saying. And it's funny that we sang about it, but the, the call that he said to Joshua, every step you take is, is yours. And, and I believe that that's what he's saying here for you two, for you two families and, and our body here in Knoxville. The call that he has on this body and the, the commitment that you, both of your families have made. And that the other word would be the one in Isaiah where he says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. no weapon formed against the Spencer family will prosper. No weapon formed against the Hawkins family will prosper in Jesus' name. And as a body, we say we're here for you. We support you. We champion you because you champion us. And we would not be where we are today. Through COVID, through whatever you want to throw at it, we're here because God is here and that you've made a way for us to gather, both of your families, and he's used you mightily. So Lord, anoint them, fill them, equip them, give them everything they need, have them eat the best food um, on that date night that they need, um, and that, that when they plant those flowers, that it would be an Ebenezer for a very long time of your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Love you, friends. Thank you. Love y'all. Sorry. So sweet. Okay. Y'all can just watch us all hug each other for a second. <laughs> hey, listen, somebody knows us well. Food for me and flowers for my wife. That, that does it. That's the love language. Babe, can I hand this to you? I don't want to get in front of the speaker so I get feedback. Oh. Hawkins, love you guys. It's an adventure that we are all on. Um, and many faces in this room were around on March 6th our first Sunday. Um, But man, thank you guys for the years behind and the years yet to come. Yeah. All right. Well, um, lots to talk about this morning, but the first thing we need to do is we have launched a new fourth through sixth grade class. And so right now is when we dismiss you to your class. So Mr. Andrew, you want to stand up? There's Mr. Andrew. All right, y'all follow him back that direction and have a great time in your class this morning. Um, Parents, y'all may already know this, but the way we'll do this, if you would, uh, on Sundays when you come in, check them in, but then they can come into service for worship as we just did, and we'll dismiss them kind of during this transition from worship to the message each Sunday, so I was going to make all of y'all stand up while they were on their way out and be nice to each other and greet each other and stuff. Um, but already some of the service has been hijacked, and so we'll keep we'll keep moving ahead. So you can thank uh, Nick Nick and the wonderful folks who came up and loved on us for letting you sit a little longer and you not having to get up and talk to each other. You can do that after church. All right. Well, let me, if no other reason to help me reset. Let's pray one more time. Um, and uh, what we're going to do this morning, I know I said I'm going to pray, I will in a second. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to spend some time like just reflecting, okay, looking, looking back, looking at where we are and where we're heading. And so some of it will just be um, just some information to celebrate and see where we're going. Um, but then we're also going to talk about just the heart, like who God's calling us to be as a people, as a church. And so let's just invite him from, from the details that we're gonna discuss, which matter and are important, they're a reflection of the heart of this church, down to the very core of who God's calling us to be and what he's calling us to do, that he would just speak to us on all those levels, all right? So, Lord, we just invite you one more time. We thank you that you are here and that you are present. But, Lord, we intentionally invite you to come and speak to us this morning. God, remind us of your faithfulness along the way. Lord, would you... Uh, Stir us to to be the people individually that you've called us to be, but God, to be the church that you've called us to be, to love you well. God, to love one another and grow together. And God, to have an impact in this community in the lives of others who need you, Lord, who maybe are yet to know you, who have drifted or wandered from you. God, that you're longing to, to call home. And so, Lord, would you do all of that in our hearts this morning? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so for no other reason than it helps me stay organized, there's kind of th- three key things we're going to look at together this morning, or three, three words that I'm using to kind of describe the sections we're going to work through. So the first thing is faith. Faith. Um, and to address faith, we're going we're to look back, we're going to look ahead, but ultimately we're going to look up, because that's where our faith really lies, is in him. And then we're going to talk about fear. Um, and if, if you're working through the ADJ book, you know that that really what we're talking about is the fear of the Lord. But then we're going to talk about fear second, and then kind of the last thing um, is talking about our focus. All right, because faith and fear, rightly placed, fear of the Lord, gives us focus to be who we're called to be. So that's where we're heading this morning. So um, faith, we're gonna we're gonna do a combination of looking up and looking back here for a few minutes, and so. Um, We'll talk about things like people and finances and plans that we have, um, but we're always going to start with people because the church is people. It's it's certainly not a school gym, um, but even if we have a building in the short term or long term, it won't be that building either. And listen, I often refer to this gathering, our Sunday morning time together as church. It's an aspect of church. It's an expression of church, but like when I say things like when church is done, I don't even really mean that. Uh, it's me just saying phrases that I've said my whole life. We are the church. The people of God were the church. And so we're gonna start with people. And so um, I just want to acknowledge quickly before, before we move into like leaders here and volunteers here and just acknowledging some people, I, I wanna pause to remember some wonderful people who've sown seeds into this body along the way. And so I'm just gonna mention some specific people who moved last year, but there's so many names and so many faces over the years. Um, we, we don't know for sure if this picture is the very first Sunday in our living room. But we took pictures the first few Sundays in our living room six years ago. And so this may, may very well be from March 6, 2016. I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, there's, there's a little taste of just us in our living room worshiping and like the church being born. And so, man, there are people that have sown into this. And you know, come, coming off of 2020, which was a, such a hard year, I don't know if you guys experienced this. In a lot of ways, 2021 was almost harder for me Um, it really was because I was ready to like move on, (laughs) move ahead. And it just felt like there were all these ways that things lingered. And one of the things that was really hard for me personally, but I think it it affected our church family is we we saw about eight families move just last year away from Knoxville. They've been a key part of our church. And specifically, I want to acknowledge some people who are leaders in our church. And so Rob and Sarah Richmond they moved here with me and Amy and the Hawkins to plant this church, faithful elders. And, and they're now living in Colorado and we love them. Rob is still an elder. I'll mention him again in a minute. Um, so they're, they're still even faithfully serving from a distance with just wisdom and prayers and relationship. Um, but they moved away last year. And then three other families that were deacons in our church that, that just served well for a long time here moved. Two families moved to the Nashville area um, the Marshalls, many of you know Grant and Christina. Um, Grant faithfully served here. Christina ran our children's ministry for years, right, right before Andrew um, took that over and transitioned into that. So we're grateful for them. Um, the Madas, Vic and Christy. I've always said, if I wanted to explain to somebody what biblical hospitality was, I would introduce you to that couple. Um, and so, man, they just have such gracious hearts for the Lord, and then last but not least, France and Anna Lucian. They moved to Arkansas. Um, France is from Haiti, and him and his his dear wife Anna just they serve this body so well. Um, I, you'll have to talk to Courtney to hear the story of how they found our church. I would love to tell every story this morning, and we would be here for hours if I did. But I love the story of how they found our church. It's one of my favorites. So Courtney, just wave it, everybody. Go tell, Go ask her to tell that story. Anyways, I don't know if they'll, they'll hear this message, they'll listen later, but listen, it's still right to acknowledge these incredible couples and the seeds that they've sown. And listen, it's a healthy reminder of something we've always got to remember, okay? We are a local church body that's called to do some specific things as a local church, but we, we are a part of the capital C church that goes beyond just this gathering. And so they're members of Jesus' church, who've sown seeds into us that continue to grow fruit. And, and I believe many of you touched their lives as well. And I know that to be true. They would testify to that. And so the impact ripples out. Um, and so it's the way the gospel spreads, right? So I just want to acknowledge that. Okay, so I'm gonna go through just kind of introducing some people. A lot of these people are in this room. Some are serving in other parts of the church right now. Some aren't here this morning, but I just want y'all to hear some names and, and even see some faces. So, um, There are four elders in our church. I mentioned Rob and Sarah Richmond from a distance. They will continue for a while. Um, We will eventually uh, transition and replace Rob over time, but for right now, he will continue as an elder. Um, And then Alex, you guys know Alex, but would you just wave or something? Is Nick on security team? He came in just yet, but y'all saw Nick. So there he is. Hey, he's actually watching all of us just like that while he's on the security team this morning. So, <laughs> um, so, so, and we, we mentioned, we mention the men, I, I believe this, the scripture points to kind of that role of an elder as, as being a man, but I, they, it also describes like men who are married and there's qualifications for the wives. And, and so we really look at our couples as the elder couples and, Listen, I'll just tell you right now, I don't want to leave my wife's wisdom and insight at the door. Like that's invited in. And one of the things we'll even say when just the guys gather is like, we're never gonna ask you to keep something and not take it home to your spouse. In fact, we're counting on you discussing this, praying about this and bringing their wisdom and input. And then we gather as couples as well. So just wanted to give you a sense of that. Um, Our entire model for leadership at this church is servant leadership. If people are in leadership at this church, it's because they have served and they continue to serve. Um, and, and we collaborate together. I'm not like the head elder that tells everybody else what to do. We, we have equal vote, equal say, and equal accountability. And so there's encouragement because we're on each other's team. And there's accountability because we're on each other's team. That's part of love is, is holding each other accountable. So, so we pray together, we make decisions together. Um, and then beyond that, we have deacons in the church and their wisdom and their input is taken into the decisions that we make and they serve the body. Um, and we, we do discipleship together. We're growing together in relationships. We invest in these lives. And so I wanna acknowledge our deacons as well. So uh, Greg and Liz Shahan back there, if y'all would wave, wave at Greg. Um, Bob, otherwise known as my dad back there, if, if you wanna wave. Okay, Tommy Nickel is he, he's out with a child right now. He's being a good dad and serving his family right now. Oh, he's home? I knew that. He's visiting family. I knew that. Tommy's out of town. There's his wife, Amy, back there. We'll (laughs) mention her again in a minute. Um, Tommy faithfully serves. Um, uh, Andrew Soriano, who just is loving on our kids, serves like crazy around here. And Bart, Bart serves back there. Grateful for you, Bart. Thanks for all that you do. Um, and then our life group leaders, and there's some crossover here, but the Hawkins and the Leeches, is your wife serving in kids' class this morning? That's such a common theme, and I love that. Like our leaders are just around serving and doing stuff. So Caleb and his wife, Kristen, are co leaders with Alex and Crystal. Um, okay, Panellas lead, and I'm looking at my notes and I mistyped here, but the pine- y'all don't see my notes. I'll have to correct them before I post them online. The Pinellas don't lead with the Sorianos; they lead with the Spencers. My parents. Do I have it right? I printed an old copy and then fixed it. Okay, whatever. None of this matters to any of y'all. You can't even see this. Okay, my parents lead a group with the Pinellas. The Pinellas hosted in their home. Thankful for you guys. Uh, the Salcedos back there, they serve with Andrew and Deira Soriano, super grateful for them. Um, and then my wife and I lead a group and the Hosenfelds are not here this morning, but they they host it in their home and we're grateful for Andy and Lucy. So that's just kind of gives you a sense of our leadership team. And then listen, we have volunteers all over this place. Um, it's like pretty much every face in the room. And I know some of you are new faces and that's that's all good. Like there's no pressure to like rush and jump into things, but just so many people in the body participate and serve and we're grateful for you. So can we just thank our volunteers this morning who so faithfully serve. It's it's set up crew, people who get up early on Sundays and get this place ready, Uh, kids ministry, which listen, there's some wonderful people who are called to that and do an incredible job. And there's many who just say, I'm willing, I'm willing. I'm not especially called, but I'm willing. And listen, it makes such a difference. Um, we don't view our kids' ministry as just like babysitting. We're investing in the lives of our children as they grow to be disciples of Jesus. And so we meet them at their age level, but we take that very seriously. Um, and so we're grateful for that. Hospitality team, safe, safety, greeting, tech ministry. Thank you guys. The two Andrews back there, some of our really faithful volunteers, um, thankful for y'all. Worship, we're getting some more people involved in that. That's been really sweet to see um, some of the worship nights that we've done. So there's a sense of that. And then kind of last thing I wanna mention is just our staff, make y'all aware of that. We have two full-time staff, so myself and Alex. Um, Crystal kind of counts, they get paid. (laughs) She puts in a lot of work faithfully for this, She participates with women's ministry, all of that. Um, My wife as well just rolls up her sleeves and does a ton around here, and I just want to acknowledge you and thankful for you, babe. Um, So we're the full-time staff, and then we also have several part-time staff. So my mom back there, if you'd wave again, does our bookkeeping and human resources and a lot of other things. Amy back there, the list of things Amy Nickel does. Amy, wave one more time. I know we highlighted you. We talked about Tommy. Um, is incredible. She just does all of the things that go unseen and yet are so important, like putting together all the slides that are gonna be up on the screen behind me this morning as I'm talking. Thank you, Amy, for all that you do. And then Andrew um, is, is on staff part-time uh, running kids ministry. So we're grateful for our staff. All right, so there's some people. Um, listen, I, could, I said it already, I could say for hours, the stories of just the way people have faithfully loved and served this body you know, I mentioned some practical ways people serve on Sunday morning, but one of the things I really treasure as a pastor is just watching the ways that, that you all take care of one another. Even like what got done for us this morning, I see that stuff happen all the time in this body. People meeting financial needs, practical needs, serving meals, praying for one another. Um, I, I just, I love that, that heart of of love and service for one another that's in our body. Thank you guys for being who you are. All right, I briefly wanna talk about uh, finances and and really more specifically our ministry partners and some things we do with our finances. So really quick, um, I'm happy at any point to get really detailed on financial stuff. Like it's an open book. I'll answer any questions that you have. We want you to feel free to talk about that. Um, But I just wanna give you a sense. So from 2016 to 2019, kind of over those first four years, we just experienced steady growth each year. The first three years, we were, we were learning to like wean off of some support from the church that helped send us out here. Grace Chapel in Franklin helped send us out here. And so we slowly but surely were able to like wean off of support in those years. And it was really just a time of growth and getting established um, and it was just incredible to watch. And 2019 was like just our biggest like explosive year of growth, big time. And so going into 2020 and 2021, like in some ways, I'll just be honest with you guys, it's, it's felt like we just kind of been like hanging on, you know, treading water. But they, they both, those two years, each of them, like, because they almost mirrored each other financially, are our two biggest years of giving like we've ever had which is kind of crazy. We didn't see like explosive growth. We kind of maintained where we were, but through all the stuff with COVID, through some families moving away and and new folks joining, like we we kind of just are where we were two years ago in terms of numbers and finances. And so it's really been a blessing in a lot of ways. Um, Listen, it's not what I expected. You know, my pastor growth trajectory chart was like take a new territory each year. But God has just been so faithful to bless this church. And it's been incredible to watch some of the ways he's done that. Like people that don't live here have supported and blessed us along the way. It's just been incredible. And so just to give you a sense of numbers, the last two years, we've just been right under 300,000 in, in total donations each of the last two years. Um, kind of in the, in the 280s, it was like 282, 283, two years ago. Last year was like almost 289. Um, and so we're so, so grateful for that. So God has provided. Um, during that course of time, like we've never had to like cut salaries, lay people off. We never um, stopped giving to our ministry partners. We didn't even lower the amount that we gave them. We told them early on, we are committed that you can count on us Um, fulfilling our commitments to continue to give to you. And so good on you guys for, for giving, for giving. And I know ultimately it should always be about giving to him. Our giving is an act of worship. Our generosity is a reflection of God's generosity in our lives. And so it's always about worshiping him and it's giving to him, but it still matters where we put our money. And so thank you for entrusting your resources to this church body. Um, and and our our heart is to be good stewards and to be generous. That's our heart. If what comes in is little or much, we wanna steward it well. We wanna steward it to meet the needs of the body. Like like that money that comes in, it pays some staff, it pays rent. It, it provides for ministry here locally. Uh, it enables us to meet needs in the body through 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 benevolence and in our community, both. Um, And it allows us to support other ministry partners that that we align with. And so I wanna talk to you a little bit now about some of our our ministry partners. Um, So first of all, foreign ministry partners. Um, There are dear friends, Brian and Rochelle Ray. Um, They uh, serve in Mexico at Grace Chapel, Navajoa. Um, if you want to look it up, Navajoa is in—I I don't know if they call them states or regions—but it's in Sonora. They call them states. It's in the state of Sonora in Mexico. Um, we love them so much. They—they they are pouring into a church there. Um, Brian is a Tennessee boy who married a girl from Mexico. Um, they have a couple beautiful boys and just serve so faithfully down there. We love them and support them in the ministry that they're doing there. Um, next is Zach and Callie Ward. Zach and Callie were college kids going to this church, and they graduated from UT and then stayed on campus at UT serving in ministry there for, I think, about a year or so. And then um, just over a year ago, a little over a year ago now, they committed to a two-year mission in Morocco. So they're serving with an Assemblies of God church there, and they're they're serving in Morocco. They're ministering a, a lot to Muslims and inviting them to know the Lord, as well as just pouring into the lives of faithful Christians there in Morocco. And so we're supporting this young couple as they're in the midst of their two-year mission. And we're, we're excited to see what all God does with them in the future as well. And then last, I put these guys in the foreign ministry partners category, even though they're right here in the room back there, Andrew and Abigail. Um, but I, I love this. So Andrew and Abigail Jolly, the reason I call them foreign missionaries They serve on campus at UT with Bridges International. They're investing in the lives of foreign exchange students that come from other countries to UT, to Knoxville to further their education. And so they're sharing Jesus with people who don't know Jesus. They're discipling and giving people a home and a community who are separated from their families. It's a really sweet ministry and we love those guys and are so thankful for the work they do there on campus. Pretty neat that you can have a mission field right in your own backyard. You know, we often think of that as being overseas and it is to agree and God calls us to that. But listen, guys, he brings people to us and we can pour into those lives. Um, I figured I would say this at some point, but I'll, I'll say it here. One of the reasons we bring up these ministries is so that you know where our church, church's finances are going. But guys, we want you to know places where you can jump in and serve. Like you can be a part of what Andrew and Abigail are doing. Um, And so get to know them, sign up for their newsletter. You can choose to give above and beyond directly to them and some of these other ministries as well. Um, See where God might lay things on your heart, but there are opportunities for us to link arms. There are things that we will do as a local church body intentionally together to serve in Knoxville. But one of the things we really purposed from, from when we were first dreaming about coming here is, We didn't wanna be one of those churches that shows up and goes, hey, we're just gonna create a bunch of new ministries and that's how we're gonna touch every life in Knoxville. We, We believe then and believe now that God is at work in Knoxville and that there are people doing really faithful work here and abroad. And so why not as the church link arms with other people who are already serving and having an impact and resource them with our finances and our time? And so we purposely wanna point you guys to other ministries here in town that we can can work together to reach people for Jesus, all right? So here's some other local ministry partners. Um, The Knoxville Dream Center, Um, there's several incredible things that they do. If you're familiar with Lost Sheep Ministries, that's under the umbrella of the Knoxville Dream Center. Um, They serve the homeless community in Knoxville for decades now, every single Wednesday without missing, there's a big bridge near downtown and they feed the homeless, they give them clothes, they'll run medical and dental clinics every now and then, um, and they share Jesus with them. And listen, they're not just meeting their practical needs that night. They use that to build relationship and connections and they they give off ramps out of homelessness into, into being kind of reintegrated. And so, man, if, if they need to go to rehab, if they need to get their feet back on the ground, if a lot of them, they have like paperwork that's expired and so they can't even go get jobs because it's like they don't have a driver's license. They, they help walk them through that stuff to get them connected back into earning an income, having a place. And so, so they love them right where they are, but they give them access to help. All right, so we love Knoxville Dream Center. They also work with Title I schools in the area. Um, They do a lot of feeding programs with folks in the area. One of the things that you'll be seeing is our life groups have kind of adopted this food truck, this hot food truck that's a new thing they're doing this year where they're partnering with local schools in the area. And these local schools are doing these kind of outreach nights where they invite the families to come to the school and to be kind of encouraged and loved on. They resource the parents And then the Knoxville Dream Center feeds the families a hot meal. Um, And so we've done this twice now. We did one just this week. And what was cool is word started spreading in the community. So people who weren't even at the school that night came down for a hot meal with their kids and got fed. It's just a really tangible, practical way that we can serve. And so that's Knoxville Dream Center. Um, The Campus House of Prayer, Knox Chop, is, is right there on the UT campus, Gary Peacock love him and his wife and all that they do there. Uh, man, they are such bridge builders at UT. They link arms with believers all over that campus. And man, they just have a heart to pray for the campus, for the city. We love them and the work that they're doing there. And so we we support that. And then Deeper Still, Julie, could you just wave at us this morning? Our dear Julie Whitlatch serves with this ministry called Deeper Still. I'm gonna give you a tiny little taste. And I'm gonna invite you to do something this week if you're open for it. So Deeper Still specifically works in in the realm of care for those who have experienced an abortion. And so here's here's what I wanna give you a sense of. Um, Karen came and shared back in the fall, late summer, early fall, and I love the way she put it. She talked about developing a culture of life and a culture of healing. A culture of life and a culture of healing. They stand for and affirm, like, the pro-life movement. Like, we want to protect life. We want people to take abortion as an option that's just off the table. But the reality is there are so many in our country who've walked that road. And so the heart of this ministry is to pour mercy and grace and love into these lives and to bring healing and wholeness, to help people reconcile back with the Lord, to deal maybe even with old grief and wounds they've never dealt with. It's a powerful ministry um, where they they love on, not just the women, like the the husband or the boyfriend or whatever, like they walk alongside people whose lives have been touched by abortion. It's an incredible ministry. Um, This Thursday night is their yearly banquet where you can hear more about their ministry. And so, Julie, can people just kind of find you afterwards if they'd like to come be a part of that? Um, that would be great. Like, our, our church supports them in an ongoing way. I'll be there with my wife that night. Several of us already, I think, are planning on being there. It's a really powerful ministry that just, I mean, you talk about a place of guilt and shame, an area where we don't, we don't like to talk about it, or when we do, we talk about being pro-life, which is massively important. We're not gonna shy away from that. But like, is there, an, is there a place for people to find the healing that comes from Jesus? They need that. Deeper still meets people at that place. So we love that ministry. All right, a couple more things I wanna mention and then we'll move into some plans for the year. Y'all are doing great. Y'all hanging with me? Cool, all right. Um, so the school. It's a huge blessing to be here at the school. We do pay for rent. We pay for a custodian to be here, but above and beyond our rent, we give to the school every year. We give several thousand dollars every year. We do it through the PTA as a way to just kind of bless and serve the school. And so we just want you guys to be aware of that. They have been very gracious to us. Like it's, it's always easy to notice things where it's like, oh, that was a little challenging this morning or oh, we didn't know we were walking into that or whatever, but listen, like they could easily just say, hey, this isn't worth the difficulty of, these people meeting here, Um, but they have always just been very open to us being here in this space. And we are super grateful to the school and we just wanna honor them. Um, And then there's a couple more partners I wanna mention. These are more partners who have blessed us more than like ministries that we necessarily support. Like we've received blessing from them. So I just wanna acknowledge them. The first is the Bible Project. So if if y'all were around a couple years ago when we read through the Bible in a year and taught through the Bible in a year, there were these really cool videos that like in a 10 minute little video, like recapped each book of the Bible. The Bible Project does a phenomenal job resourcing people to learn the word of God. And so we're grateful for them. And we still have a page on our website dedicated to a Bible reading plan. It's got all the sermons that we taught through that year. And so if you ever are wanting to do like, I'm gonna go through the whole Bible in a year. All the resources are still there on our website, including links over the Bible Projects videos that do a great job. But I would just encourage you, even if like in your daily reading, like let's say you're like, hey, I'm not reading through the Bible in a year, but man, I'm gonna study Galatians for a little while. I would encourage you, go look up their video that gives you a little recap, historical perspective, kind of what the book is about. Man, it's, it's great. They do a great job. We're thankful for them. And then I wanna mention who we're partnering with this year, our dear friend, Pastor Dave Buring at Lion Share. He's the one that put together the discipleship journey book that we're working through this year. And we're just, we're grateful for him and his heart and that ministry. The whole ministry is built around the idea of discipling people all over the place. That's the heart of that ministry. So we're grateful for them. All right, well, let me move into some plans, kind of what you can expect for the year. Um. There's some different things that just some of these things have already happened or can, gonna continue to happen, but we just want you to be aware of them. We're gonna continue to serve this year. The, the, the Knoxville Dream Center food trucks is one way that we're gonna do that. Um, the primary responsibility for each of those nights is falling on our life groups. But if you're not currently in a life group and you want to participate in that, tell us, and we will keep you in the loop and let you know when those nights are so you can go and be a part of that. Um, and then watch for other opportunities as the year unfolds for us to serve. But that's one tangible way we're gonna keep doing that. Um, worship and prayer nights. We've had two or three of these already this year. Um, listen, we commit time to worship and prayer every Sunday morning. We pray before service over everything that's gonna happen. Um, we're being prayerful throughout the service. We, we have time for ministry to take place during our time of worship. Um, but we wanna carve out time this year to just to slow down, have no other agenda than just to be present with the Lord. And so we're going to have these nights together this year to just sit, to be in his presence, to worship, and to minister to one another. And we're just believing for God to do big things in our midst. He already has a couple of times this year, and we're super grateful for that. So keep watching for those. Um, And then just some special events that are coming up that we want on your radar. Easter is not far around the corner. We've, we've got the Cove, the park at the Cove reserved again. We've been doing a sunrise service there for years now. We we'll back out there this Easter for a sunrise service. That'll be our only service on Easter Sunday. So come to sunrise service, do a family brunch afterwards, whatever you want to do. Um, but we're going to do that lakeside. It's going to be really sweet. Um, and then in the fall, in, in late August, we do barbecue and baptisms. And so we have church at the park. We baptize folks in the river. We have a big barbecue together, and it's just a great time. And then something new that we're doing is what we're calling Fifth Sunday. So about once a quarter, there's a five-Sunday month. And we're just using those to do different things that kind of break us out of the norm. And so we might do a service project together on a Sunday morning. We may pause and just do a brunch together. But there's different things that we're doing um, to be the church and to be in fellowship and to serve. And so you can watch for those on fifth Sundays. Um, And then finally, you guys already saw it this morning, but I just wanna continue to talk about kids ministry and where that's going. We wanna grow to have a full youth ministry for middle school and high school kids. And so we have started this class for our fourth through sixth graders. That's gonna be every Sunday morning, except for family Sundays when they're in here, and then a once a month game and activity night. And we're just looking to grow that and have a place for our kids at their age to grow, to follow Jesus. And then we will just age that up as we go, and it will become the middle school ministry and then become a high school ministry. Um, And so that's kind of how we're approaching that. Um, Okay, a couple more things, and then we'll be done with all the details. Are y'all good? Are your eyes glazing over? Okay. I always want to make sure to just really equip you guys with what's happening, but I just, I don't want to feel like such a huge laundry list of stuff, but hang with me. So, um, men and women, we've got a few things planned this year for the men and women to do some, some gatherings. And so first of all, in March, we're gonna do a women's dinner. Um, I believe that's being hosted at the Pinellas house. Um, so we're doing a women's dinner on March 23rd. Ladies, mark your calendars for that. We're not gonna require our life groups to cancel that week, but we're gonna encourage our life groups to consider pausing that week because the ladies will be meeting on Wednesday night and then that Saturday morning, men, we're gonna do a men's breakfast at the Hawkins New House. And so these are both great opportunities to just invest in each other, build relationships, share a good meal. There'll be a, there'll be a little bit of word also preached at these and so we're gonna you know, pour into you guys, but the primary purpose is to build some relationship. And so let's come and enjoy those times together. Um, Listen, parents with kids, I would just encourage you, try to make both of these happen. Dads, figure out a way to block out your Wednesday night and go, I'm gonna take care of the kids. I'm sending my wife to go be with the ladies. Um, I think like nursing moms or whatever are welcome to bring their kids, their girls, their their children to these. I think they are girls right now, and that's why I said that. Um, But anyways, they're welcome to come. Um, And then vice versa, moms, if you can carve out some space that morning for your husbands to come to that. And then we're also really excited. This is something we had just started dipping our toes into pre-COVID, but we really wanna get in the rhythm of having a yearly men's retreat and a yearly women's retreat. And so men, we're up first. The last weekend in April, we're doing a men's retreat. It's about a 24 hour retreat. It'll start on Friday evening, April 29th. We'll be home Saturday evening, the 30th. We're going out to Teleco Plains. We got some cabins that are right along the river there. And so there'll be fun stuff like fishing, kayaking, hiking, Um, but then we're just gonna invest in each other. We're gonna spend some time together. So as of today, registration is open for the men's retreat. And so you'll see that on our website. It'll go out in the e-bulletin this week as well. You can register online for that. Um, If you have questions, let us know. But men, we're excited about that. We wanna encourage you to attend. And then women, you can't sign up yet, Um, but, but there's a women's retreat in the fall and it'll be the last weekend in October. And I realized it's the same dates. It's the 29th and 30th. That was kind of cool. So anyway, so yeah, October 29th and 30th, ladies, same kind of idea, Friday night to Saturday night, men's and women's retreats. So we're very excited about those. All right. What's up? Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. It is Halloween weekend. That's true. All right. Um, As we kind of get ready to transition into just a little bit I wanna share this morning, I just wanna remind everybody of the the journey that we're on together this year. So we're going through a discipleship journey. I think everyone is aware of this. I just wanna make it clear there's three parts to this, okay? We're gonna preach through this on Sunday mornings. If you're not doing the book, if you're not in a life group, you will benefit from that. They'll stand on their own. You're not like left behind or you won't understand the message. It'll stand on its own. But we wanna encourage you guys to consider going through this devotional on your own time. Um, Just that further investment, your time with the Lord will be huge. And then ultimately, and we'd love to encourage you to be in a life group where we're going through what's being taught on Sundays, what we're studying on our own and wrestling it through together with a group of people to go, how does this touch my life? How does this affect my walk with the Lord, my family relationships? I wanna encourage you to do that. And one reason I'm bringing this up this morning is this is an on-ramp to jump in. Um, It's okay if, if you fell behind already this year, or if, or if you didn't start with us at the beginning of the year, jump in right now. In fact, starting tomorrow, we start a new chapter in the book. We're going into chapter three on the grace of God. If you need a book, we have some out at the table out there. You can grab one today and jump in. But I want to encourage you guys to be a part of that. And with that in mind, um, Dira is going to come share a testimony of just something the Lord kind of did in her life um, through this study. So would y'all make Deira feel welcome as she comes up? Y'all saw her up here earlier, but she's married to Andrew. They're life group leaders at our church, and we're just so grateful for you, dear. So I'm going to go sit down, and right. we'll see you share for a minute.
3: Um, hi, everyone. Um, so a few weeks ago, Jack had a teaching about uh, forgiveness, and it was just really good teaching, and he, like, I don't know, opened up new ways in my mind, like, about teaching that I haven't really had thought before. But in a life group... Um, we just talk more and just look in the scripture and everything and as i sat as i hear everybody like share like in the back of my mind i'm like god is so good and he he forgives us so good and and then i'm like i'm not there yet lord and i'm not good at that and i can be slow to forgiving and i can be stuck in pride i was like lord just show me your ways god and as I just sit and think, and I hear everybody share out. Out of a sudden, I got this picture of kids, how they, they're they so good at forgiving, and they know how it works. Even a two-year-old, like, they know how forgiving works. And um, as I think that, I almost have a picture behind me, like, of Gabriella, like, as, you know, parents, we mess up, and we say, sorry I did that, sorry I wasn't patient. And you go to their level, and you say, I'm sorry, and... I just picture Gabriela wrapping her arms around my neck and smiling, I forgive you, mama, and she just goes on and play and forgets like that it didn't hurt her. Like, oh, it's it's okay, I let it go. Okay. (laughs) Is it working? Oh, it's not working. I can speak louder. Okay. Um, So I was just like, wow, that's amazing. And just that picture. And then as I think, I I was like, God, that's what you do to me. That's what you do to us every day. Because, you know, kids, they're so used to us wiping their messes. And we're like, it's okay, I got it. And then if they don't get something, like, "I'll I'll repeat again. Like, remember, you don't do this. And like, yeah, okay. And they're just so, like... There's are so nourishing love and in grace. And it's like, I know who I am. I'm loved and my parents got me. And like, and then when they get a chance to be the one reaching their hands and forgive us, like, I know how it works. Like we forgive each other and we let go. And, and I was like, wow, God. And I was just thinking like, cause sometimes, um, you know how when we repent and you're like, thank you, God, you forgave me. And like, that's amazing, but as we walk, with Christ sometimes like we get used to like doing life and we don't realize that God is still doing that. He's still wiping our messes every day. He's still loving us like crazy. And it's like, it's the same level of forgiveness as we walk and like, I was just like, I want to be like, I want to have a faith like a little child that knows who God is and knows that he has me covered. And, like, and when it's my chance to forgive, when it's my chance to love on someone, okay, I, I, I'm happy to do it. And, yeah, so just thought to share that.
2: That's such a beautiful picture. Thank you so much, Dira. I love that. You know, one of the reasons we wanted Dira to share that is um, there's something that happens when, when we use our voices to just say, here's something, Lord gave me, showed me some perspective from their life. And guys, it enriches us as we hear from one another how God's operating and how he thinks. And like faith like a child, I love that connected to forgiveness. Like I've never thought about that verse in that particular way, Um, just that quickness to forgive. So I love that. Thanks for sharing that, Dira. Awesome. All right, well, I wanna take a couple minutes now. So, you know, we've talked about, I kind of I know we went through a lot of details but but the things I was sharing about where we've been and where we're heading kind of looking back and looking ahead guys all that is is about faith like when we look back it's to build faith like god you have been faithful and so we can trust you in the here and now our plans for the future i have no idea what the future holds we think these are our plans we think this might be where we're heading this year you know we've got big picture dreams we're aiming for but, but guys, we're putting those in the Lord's hands and saying, God, here's our thoughts, here's our ideas, but we want your plans and your agenda. And so our real step of faith is looking up. It's looking to him and entrusting him. And so I want to just share kind of two quick thoughts on fear and focus as we wrap things up this morning. Um, so, you know, when I think of the word fear, it's always in a negative connotation. And I, I realize a lot of fear is about something negative, right? It could be just anxieties, worries in a general sense. It could be fear of, of the future or a circumstance I'm facing. It could be even fear of another person, like what they, they think of me or how a situation is gonna go. Um, but, but the scripture gives us biblical framework for the one thing we are to fear, and that's the Lord. And so I wanna read this verse to you from Psalm 25. It's verse 14. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. I love that picture of the fear of the Lord. Pastor Dave Buring puts it this way. The fear of the Lord is reverencing and referencing God in all we do. Reverencing him in awe, in reverence, understanding who he is, that he's higher, bigger, above me. And so there's that, that humility to just go, God, I honor you. I stand in reverence of you. I'm not just going to be quick to do my plans, my agenda, because I reverence you as God. You know the path I should take, the road I should walk. You see the beginning from the end. And so, God, I'm in awe of you. I reverence you. And because I'm in reverence, I stand before him in awe, then practically I walk that out by referencing him as I'm approaching day-to-day life, as I'm making big picture decisions, as I'm thinking about that person I might be afraid of, you know, a confrontation I think is coming, or I'm wrestling with how they might view me, or I'm fearful of the future that I'm facing. I don't have to be afraid because I'm walking in fear of the Lord. I can reference him every step of the way and what he's calling me into. And so I love how the rest of this passage begins to unfold. I wanna encourage you to see if, if you identify yourself in any of these places right now. So picking up right where the psalmist left off, the very next verse, as we're talking about being in fear of the Lord and he makes known his covenant, we have friendship with him. Check this out. This is verses 15 through 21. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Anybody ever felt that, lonely and afflicted? The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. See, all the things listed that we could easily be in fear, anxiety over. Verse 20, oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait for you. There's an element of this Psalm that, you know, you can see that sense of foreboding, right? There's a sense of the trouble that surrounds, feeling lonely, feeling attacked, having enemies. And yet there's something that gives the Psalmist hope. And friends, it's the same thing that's supposed to give us hope. And it's actually the fear of the Lord that anchors us in times of trouble and despair. In the midst of things that could make us afraid, it's the fear of the Lord that anchors me. Notice the th- some of the things he says. Um, he takes refuge in God. Refuge. All the troubles didn't necessarily disappear. I just found refuge in God. Secondly, guys, this is huge. He says, I'm preserved by my integrity. See, as I, as I seek God as my refuge, as I walk in fear of him, and then I begin to reference him in all I do, it shapes me. My decisions are made based on walking in the fear of the Lord. And so my integrity preserves me. And then ultimately says, my eyes are ever toward the Lord. That's where his focus is. His focus is on God. Friends, I just, I want to encourage you in the midst of the details that we're talking about this morning. At the heart of this, what our church is about is about being people who are equipped to be disciples of Jesus Christ. God's vision for us and for this world has not changed in 2,000 years. Jesus' plan for this world to receive and experience and walk in the good news was for people to go be disciples. We're called to be disciples and we're called to make disciples. That's Jesus' vision for us. That's the vision and heartbeat of this church. And friends, I wanna encourage you, if we give our lives to being disciples of Jesus, if we walk out like a really simple plan, like our church, we gather on Sundays, we pray, we worship, we're gonna faithfully preach the word of God uncompromising. And then we're gonna commit ourselves to relational discipleship with one another. And then we're gonna serve the body and the community around us. Friends, that can happen, those things I just named, that can happen in any culture, in any context, in any time in in history. And it can happen no matter what future we might face. There's a lot of people I talk to right now, and I feel this myself, where I don't feel super optimistic about the future. There's reason to be concerned about what's happening in our country. There's reason to be concerned about what's happening around the world. I think we should pay attention to those things. But friends, I, I, I fear, I probably shouldn't use the word fear in the context of this. <laughs> I am concerned that much of the church, while, while having good reason to be concerned about what's happening around us, that we are distracted from keeping the main thing, the main thing. In this season, we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Gathering in homes, growing as disciples of Jesus, praying and caring for one another, that can happen no matter what happens in the country around us finding places to meet, to be focused on the word of God, to worship and to pray, that can happen in any context. If we enjoy freedoms for the next 100 years and we can be public about it and not fear persecution, we're gonna step into that with all we've got and we're gonna sing and declare his goodness and we're gonna preach the word and we're gonna grow as disciples of Jesus. If we move into time of persecution in this country, we can keep being who we're called to be. Can keep doing it. The things that we're learning as we're investing in our walk with Jesus and investing in one another, that's the community that will sustain us no matter what's happening around us. And so friends, our, our vision as a church is pretty simple. We are going to invest in our walk with Jesus. We're going to commit ourselves to being disciples and we're going to learn how to pour into the lives of others so that they can be disciples too. Do, do y'all see this? Like whatever the future holds, we can walk with God, we can know him, we can grow in relationship with him, and we can invest in people. And so that's what we're gonna be about. That's what we're called to do. And so friends, let's be committed to being disciples of Jesus. Let's pray for what we see happening around us. Let's believe for the Lord to turn the tide, that kingdom principles would impact our country and around the globe. Let's pray for that. But let's be faithful. We are preserved by our integrity. That just leapt off the page to me. Like the psalmist is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely trusting in God. He's my refuge. But as I'm walking in the fear of the Lord, who I'm becoming as I walk faithfully with the Lord, that's what preserves me through difficult times. In my flesh, there have been moments where I've wanted to just, curl up in a ball, cry, and quit. Just real. Thank God that greater is he that is in me than he, Jake, who's in the world. (laughs) I also think that's about our enemy, Satan, but like, I'm just a dude with flesh in the world and at times that's what wants to win out. But see, what sustains us is is Jesus being our anchor, our lives being rooted in him. And then we have hope to offer other people in the midst of trouble and difficulty. That's who we're called to be. That's who we're gonna be as we move forward as a church. And I love you guys. I'm grateful for our history and our past. I'm excited about some of these fun things we mentioned we're gonna do together this year. But ultimately, let's be committed to walking faithfully with the Lord, trusting him to be our source and our refuge, but anchoring our lives, being committed to be disciples and learning, growing in how to disciple other people so his kingdom can be expanded no matter what's happening in the world around us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, thank you that we can put our faith in you. We're grateful for our past and your faithfulness there. We're excited about the future and we know that you go before us. And so God, we humbly lay our plans before you. If there's anything we've talked about today that we're not supposed to do, help us just to let it go and set it to the side and follow you. But God, as we walk in faith, may we walk in the only fear you've called us to, in fear of you, God, reverencing you and referencing you in all that that we do. God, may our focus be in the right place. May our eyes be upon you so that we can grow and be the people you've called us to be, so that we can be and make disciples. Jesus, it's in your name we pray, amen.